Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week I sit down with uh, old Melbourne writer, uh, Hugh Dunnett. How you going? All right. Yourself? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to sit down for a chat. No worries. Um, yeah, I grew up as a, as a kid, like, travelling up and down the, the Belgrave line, going to see my dad on the weekends. And, and um, like, when, when I was young, I'd always stare out the window and, you know, because it's a long train ride and there wasn't really a lot to do. And um, your pieces always really stood out to me because they were, um, they were really legible and you, you painted always, you know, painted the characters next to them a lot. You know, um, like, like when did you uh, get into graffiti and, um, and how did you get started and everything? Um, it's probably in the late 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, somewhere around there. And I got into it from the same as you, riding the train, looking at graffiti and thinking it was good. Yeah. And um, like, did you, did you have uh, friends you start with or anything like that? Or did no, you just get into it on your own? Pretty much a loner. Um, yeah. At that stage, there wasn't that much graffiti. It was kind of like, uh, especially you said you're on the Belgrave line. You know, maybe in towards Richmond and stuff, there'd be a fair bit of graffiti. But when you go out, you know, out past, you know, if you got to Box Hill, there wouldn't be much at all uh, after that. You know, maybe a few pieces that said something like Electric Boogaloo or something like that. And uh, and there was a piece that said Electric Boogaloo, believe it or not. They had a character, a guy with a beatbox kind of breakdancing. It was a pretty shitty piece, but, you know. And, um, and where did you get the name Hugh Dunnett from? Uh, well, I experimented with other versions before, and that was just the one that stuck. That was the best best one. I did other ones, Humongous and rah, rah, rah. But Hugh Dunnett was the kind of the one that seemed to me to be the best. Yeah. And, um, and like, you, you know, you're quite well known for doing, uh, like, iconic cartoon characters next year. Your pieces like where yep. uh, where'd the idea come from to do that do that well when i caught the train and you catch a train say at peak hour in the morning and a lot of people didn't like graffiti and they said that's shit uh and you know mothers with their children would be riding the train saying oh that's disgusting and i can't read that shit and uh it's horrible but um you know for some mum with their kids and they go by and they see Pinocchio or Winnie the Pooh or Thomas the Tank Engine and the kids love it and well mum can't mum loves it too and everyone loves it so they can't really complain about it if it's kind of like that if there's some kind of picture of a, a naked born bode you know nude or something like that people can be uh, maybe they think it's not good and they don't want to look at that and that's um, fair enough maybe but um, you know, everyone no one can really complain about a Pinocchio or Thomas. It's not really offensive, is it? Nah. But, um, yeah, because I, I remember when I first sort of started seeing your stuff, I would have only been probably eight or ten years old. And like that and that was really standing out for me because, you know, I could relate to the characters and everything. You know, when there was... I liked other graffiti characters, like more b-boy characters as well, but that was... You know, as my taste matured, I guess. But as a kid, 
I was um, really drawn to uh, the characters I already knew from you know reading books and seeing cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. You know, you're you're right in doing that. It did uh, it did stand out. And like my brother and I would, um, you know, we'd always know which uh, you know which stations had which characters. You know, there, I remember there was one like later on that had Ninja Turtles or whatever on it. And we always knew when we were coming up to that station, like, look out the window. And even if we were on the other side of the train, we'd go stand on the other side of the windows. Dad was, just, right. Dad was just happy because we weren't uh, being pains in the asses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a pretty long, pretty long train ride out there. But, yeah. um, but like, your, your, your pieces from that era were really, um, like, different to everyone else. Like, because I, I found that, every, like, there was a lot of people trying to, you know, do burners and like paint. There was a lot of wild style being painted that wasn't very legible to the untrained eye. Whereas, um, you know, you, yours were all very legible and like quite, quite font based. Like, um, what was your uh, draw to do that? Um, well, a, a, again, it's like you, you catch a train and people say, I can't read that. It just looks like a, does it actually say something? Rah, rah, rah. Uh, that's one point. And, uh, I guess the other point is other people who were doing, you know, trying to do wildfire and stuff, they were probably in groups and they probably hung out and they spoke to each other and they probably, you know, shared ideas. But I was pretty much just by myself uh, in the early days. So, and I didn't really like, I did hang out with some people, but I didn't really peace with them and I didn't really, so I just kind of did my own thing, you know. And yeah, maybe those guys were into hip hop, and and they were probably more into the the, beat, uh, the hip hop culture and, and stuff like that. And it wasn't as as important for me, maybe. Yeah. Although I tried my hand at some wild style, you know. But uh, I don't know. And one one of the things is um, people talk about getting up, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, the best way to make a name for yourself, if that's what you're after, would be, you know, people to be able to read it. If, you know, if nobody can read it, then nobody's going to know who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's only the, only the other writers will know who you are. And, um, yeah. You know, we can build, build an, even the, uh, you know, I guess, especially on the train lines, when, if you're whizzing past in a train, uh, you know, you, you don't have a lot of time to really take in what it is, what's painted there. So if, I guess if you've got a, a very legible name, you can uh, take it in quite easily. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, I was young and I, I don't know why I did that. I just did it, basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Good question. Sorry, can't give you a good answer. No? It's, yeah. the, it's the honest truth. <laughs> just like happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were saying that you were, you know, you were a bit of a loner and you weren't um, really hanging out with the graffiti, like other graffiti writers. Well, like sorry, go. Well, yeah, I, I, I did not at first, but I did, but I didn't really peek up with them and stuff like that. I did, I did peek up with people, but generally speaking, I, I preferred not to. Yeah, because we um like so when you know because the scene seemed quite tight back in those days. From what I gather, anyway, just from reading books and speaking to um other graffiti writers from that era. But um, you like so everyone seemed to know who each other were. Were you? Did people know who you were? Well, not at first, but then, you know, uh, I, you know, that's one of the reasons I didn't like to hang out with other people. 
because I didn't really want people to know who I was because graffiti is all about being anonymous and if everyone knows who you are then that kind of defeats the purpose of being anonymous so um, yeah I kind of I really uh, and I still do like my privacy and stuff I don't really want people to know that even today I don't want people to know that I did graffiti or I do graffiti um, and I didn't like it then and, and and it's an easy way to get busted or back at that stage you know for the cops and stuff you know uh, if people knew who you are then you're likely to get caught because you know uh, loose lips sink ships yeah so you didn't have any mentors or anything like that you were, you were totally self-taught um so yeah originally yes but you know i did meet other people and uh you know there's bad reasons like loose lips but there's good things I've learned when I met some other people I learned about new types of paint and you know can control and, and stuff like this and um, so yeah does that answer your question yeah yeah like because I like I started in like the mid 90s and it's just when all the like the graffiti brands were starting to produce their like the, the actual graffiti made paint and like all yeah. the, the nozzles were coming out and all that type of stuff. So like it was the, the birth of what we have today with um, yeah. you know, all the good paint and all the good caps and everything. But like, yeah, but like yeah. back then were you, um, like you guys had to be quite innovative with how, how you went about you know, getting, sourcing the good materials. Like, what, what sort, like did, you, um, did you know many tricks on like how to get you know, the, the desired effect you wanted out of the materials you had? Well, I don't know how it works now, but um, there's a thing called can control, and there were two nozzles basically back then. One of them had a pin in the nozzle that was like Dulux, and you couldn't get any, or some people would they had, um, what, what does can control mean now? Well, does can control mean something? No. I don't think can control means a lot these days because the materials have become so good that, um, you can see people who have done like two pieces and they've already got clean lines and it's, um, you know, it's like, it doesn't take much to pick up can control these days. Like I, I've, I've used a lot of, um, you know, been in countries where you can't source good materials. And I, I think back to what it would have been like back in the, um, you know, the eighties or whatever, like even here in, I'm in Bali at the moment and I'm just using local spray paint to, to do paintings and stuff. And, uh, and it, makes me think back to more of, I guess, before all these, uh, you know, paint companies existed and we had all the materials at our fingertips. It was basically, well, it was free, you know, it was basically two main kinds of nozzles. There was a Dulux nozzle, which had a pin in it. Do you know these nozzles? They were blue. And uh, this, pro do you know what I'm talking about? They, they were um, a nozzle with a pin inside the nozzle. No, no, I don't know that. Well, you asked about the tricks. One thing to do would be to wrap up some paper and make a little wad and, uh, or put it underneath the nozzle and that was that uh, limit the amount of pressure coming out of the can and you get a thinner line. But the best thing was um, can control and that was with just the regular nozzles, uh, I, when I say regular nozzle I mean 
just like a nozzle on fly spray or something like that. And basically what you had to do was instead of pressing down, you press down the paint can, you had to press down and pull back the nozzle and it kind of spit out. And you get very, very thin lines. But it was quite hard to do. And what you do, you could always pick a rider's because on their index finger, it would be calloused. There'd be a huge callus on the end of their finger um, from from pulling back the, uh, the nozzle and also from all the cold uh, gas escaping onto their finger. It did have a huge callus. And once you get this callus on the on your finger, it actually became easier to do can control. And so does that kind of explain what can control is? Like even yeah. now, okay, like I don't know why, but if I'm like spraying some underarm deodorant under my arms or something, I always find myself kind of pulling back and, you know, thinking, what the hell am I doing can control with this fucking deodorant that I'm spraying under my arms? It doesn't make sense, but I don't know. Um, does that make any uh, yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know the technique, I just didn't realise that, you know, you called it can control. Like, oh, yeah, I'm from a different different era. Cause I don't know, maybe can control means something different now. Yeah, these days it just means if you can paint clean lines and straight and and, um, yeah. and not fuzzy and not and not drippy, you know. And I guess the other thing is, the, the thing about can control was like, um, if I wanted to paint a star or something, I'd do can control, but if you cut out a stencil and stencil the star, a star, your piece would get slashed because... That's cutting out a stencil, you know. You've got no can control. What the hell? <laughs> it's very different now where stencils are all the go. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. So it, was all, it all had to be done by hand. It was, uh, there was a lot of um, unwritten rules. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah. The rules weren't written, but they were... I don't know. Yeah. So, um... Like you seem to, uh, you know, have a lot of pieces in prime locations. Like, do you, yep. was was that? Um, you know, obviously, graffiti writers want to get their stuff in the most prime location possible. But we, were, were you like, um, did, did you have like a strategy where you would like sort of see spots and go, all right, this is these are the sort of locations I'm going after. And, yeah, um, very and like simple strategy. Uh, it's called think outside the box strategy. So most people. They'd see a piece and it was in a good location. So what they'd do is they'd just go over that piece, right? But I'd so and people, especially writers, they'd go along the train and they'd look at the pieces. But when I caught the train, I didn't look at the pieces. I was looking for where there were no pieces. I wasn't looking at the other pieces. I was looking at the walls, right? And uh, it's just called think outside the box, which nobody seemed to do. And with the um the era that you're from, like I just from looking at photos from back then and um, speaking to people from that era, it seemed like everyone was like um, out to burn, you know, and they'll put a lot of effort into their pieces and they weren't, um, they weren't just slapping up a piece and then move on to the next one. It was like when they, when they were painting something, it was um, painting something that was going to be documented and going to be remembered. Like, was that the case or I just sort of... I don't know about that, that because part of it was you wanted to get up, mm. right? And you had a problem getting the paint. So if you wanted to get up, you had to uh, put out regularly. Right? I was like piecing three nights a week. Now that takes a lot of paint. 
and sometimes you just don't have the paint that you need and because you that you want to get up so you go out and you you do a piece and probably you didn't have the right colors or something so no i want for me i wasn't doing uh you know the best piece because i didn't have the best paint and i was just using leftovers scraps because i wanted to get up so getting up was part of it and so if you if you just want to do a good piece well you know you plan it and you get all your paint together but you'd maybe only put out one piece a month well you're not going to get up that way you know what i mean yeah if if you just kind of try and put out a quality piece yeah you'll put out a quality piece but you're not going to get up and getting up was a big part of it so the one piece of uh yours that you know, really stands out, and it's still there till this day, which is great to see. Is the um, the Hugh piece at Richmond behind um, the corner hotel at uh, with Pinocchio? Yep. Like, did you have any idea when you painted that it would be like, you know, so well known, but also still standing till this day? No, but I did it. Deli- I deliberately did it as high as I could so that it would last as long as possible because pieces didn't last very long; they got gone over and slashed and rah, rah, rah. So uh, I did it high because I thought it would be hard to slash unless it was paint bombed. Yeah. So, yeah, I did deliberately did it high because it's a plus it, it's a better viewing when it's high. When Richmond, it, it's elevated, the tracks are elevated there. So it's kind of almost at eye level with the train, kind of. And it's as high as I get on a ladder. Yeah. This is a ladder, you know. That's no, that's pretty. That was hard to do on a ladder with shit paint, uh, and that's a that wall is like a soaker. It's like like a sponge, and uh, so I'm surprised it hasn't just faded away. Tell you the truth. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, it's iconic. It's um yeah, it's great that you can still go past and train on Richmond and still see it. It's it's uh it's really good because underneath it there's had a lot of layers of paint. Have been added and even above it and around it, but um, but it's still there. It's great. You're saying about doing a, a really good piece, and I'm saying about getting up. It, I was trying to do both, but you know, you can't. You know, if you like, I was just driven, and I was just out there piecing two or three nights a week, and you just can't do. You can't do that in four often. Uh, a burner every time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and it, it wasn't just about getting up. It was just um, it was just fanatical, you know, just just a fanatical kind of got to do it kind of thing. Yeah. And, and and a lot of the pieces that I did were shit because of that. But there's like I did a lot of pieces that were really crap um, because I just wanted to get a piece up and. I didn't have the right paint, and and um, you know, rah rah rah. Do Do you have a favourite piece that you've done? Uh, well, you were talking about um, well, no, yeah, there's there's one with um, Noddy. Do you know Noddy, the character Noddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was one with a Noddy character that turned out pretty clean. You know, sometimes you do a piece and just nothing goes right, and sometimes you do a piece and just everything goes right, and that was the piece that kind of everything went right and turned out really clean. So I like that. Yeah. Where was you know that, that one? Piece? Yeah, I've seen photos a, of it. I don't know it. Like, I haven't seen it in the flesh. 
that was in Burnley, and then I think later on it got a, a Thomas the Tank engine over it, or maybe a Tom, Thomas Tank Thomas the Tank engine underneath it. I, I don't know. Is that Burnley right off the station? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that wall. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. That wall anyway, but not the um, not the piece. Did yeah. you um, did you lose uh, many pieces to CTSA? Well, I lost Thomas the Tank engine. Mm. Did you know that? I don't. That's the thing I'd like to ask, actually. Like, I would. Uh, so you're talking about back in the day, everyone had photos and they'd, they'd swap their photos, right? Mm -hmm. But I was really greedy and I just took photos of my pieces and I wouldn't let anyone have them because I was greedy. And, uh, and then I, I had my photo album with every single piece I had in it taken by the police and I never got it back. And it doesn't exist anymore, apparently. And uh, so I don't have photos of um, any of my pieces. And uh, so, yeah, if anyone got them, put them on the net or something so I can look at them. <laughs> I actually wanted my uh, my photo album back, right? And after I'd gone to court, well, actually, I'd got off. I got off a shitload of charges. I think the only one I uh, so I. Uh, it's a long story, but, you know, I got off pretty much everything except for failed to appear because I failed to appear because I, I fucked off because um, my lawyer told me I had a 50% chance of going to prison. Uh, and I thought, fuck that, I'm not going to prison for fucking painting Pinocchio and Thomas the Tank Engine on fucking walls. So I said, fuck this, I'm out of here. Anyway, um, it's a long, long story, and I could tell you the long story, but you probably don't have time, but... Um, so, I, apart from this failed appear, I pretty much got off everything. So after that, I went into the fucking transit office and I said, hey man, I want my photo album back. Give me it back, you know. I went and saw a guy called uh, Peter Stevens. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. Pete. Um, and, uh, and I went in there with actually a, a, a magazine reporter. Didn't go in there by myself. No way. But um, he's like, no, it's gone. Uh, the, uh, you know, the transit officers, they were, you know, the whole transit thing got, you know, the, they used, they weren't even police and then they got put into the police and then the officers were moved and during all this moving, they had all these photos and they used to have a, a police photographer and he used to go into the yards and take photos of the pieces on the trains and the walls and he'd get great photos because he's a police photographer, he'd go in there get big glossy colour photos and these were the photos that would be presented in court as evidence against the people and there were just thousands and thousands of these photos and when they moved office because they were, they were on paper, right? They weren't on hard disk or anything like that they were just, there was no digital cameras or anything back then they had all these photos, and when they moved office, they just threw them all away. That's all that history is just gone, including my photo of them. And uh, I'm like, he's just like, sorry, man, your photos are gone. All the photos are gone. But he goes, oh, okay, look, I'll see what I can dig up. And he ended up just giving me like, uh, you know, a couple of hundred photos of uh, just old graffiti that just lying around somewhere that they hadn't thrown out. And I've probably got them lying around somewhere. I've done nothing with them. 
But uh, what a waste, all those photos. Yeah. Including mine. So that, the, the moral of the story was I was greedy and I didn't swap my photos and I lost them. And I had, a, I had photos of everything I did. And the, and the problem is the stuff that's on the internet now, it's not really my good stuff. It's, um, it's my shit stuff. I did some really good pieces and I did a lot of shit pieces. And all the shit pieces, people have photos and they're on the internet. And all the good pieces, I, 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 I can't see them. You use uh, many pieces to CTSA? Uh, a few, yeah. Yeah? They, they were just, uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, a few. Yeah. Um, do you want to um, describe like, uh, to the listeners like what it was like during that era and who CTSA are? Well, supposedly, well, nobody knows. People think that they were... Uh, Transit police slashing, uh, slashing pieces uh, with the idea of putting people off. You know, basically, transit police were going around doing graffiti, breaking the law themselves. They were slashing pieces and they were writing CTSA, and it sounded something like transit police, you know, city transit, rah rah rah. I don't know; it can't be proven. But considering what they wrote, uh, you know, it was pretty obviously transit police doing it yeah yeah it was quite ironic that they're um out there committing the crime that they're busting everyone else for yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've told friends overseas about um you know ctsa like you know a group of cops going around um you know almost doing pieces and having their own crew and um yeah they yeah, like they thought it was crazy it was um it's like Sorry? It's a bit like Cap. Yeah. 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 But at least yeah. he, he considered himself a writer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know, but I was reading the cave plan. I originally got into the cave plan because, well, I'd go down and I'd go down drains to piece up, right? To practice my can control. You'd go down there in the day, you could spray on concrete, you're down under the under the city, you're not going to get busted, you know. So I'd go down the drains and uh, and I got hooked up to the cave plan. And get this, one day, um, back a long time ago, they didn't run trains through the city loop on Sundays. Now they do, I believe. Um, so on Sundays, there was no, tr- the city loop was no trains. So with the cave plan, we went through the city loop on a Sunday and uh, I'm walking along and we see a, a manhole cover. This is in the city loop, underground. Went down, opened the manhole cover. We're already underground in the loop. Went down a ladder and across through some water and up a ladder and then into this room. And do you know that, do you know the Thunderbirds? You know the puppets, the Thunderbirds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thunderbirds ago. Into this room and still underground. There's all these flashing buttons and... Like, like the Thunderbirds, you know, like an old telephone, flashing buttons. It's like old school. And then, shit, I picked up the telephone and people go, yes, what is it? And I'm like, oh, fuck, hang up. And shit, what was that? And uh, climbed up the top of the ladder and opened the manhole. And where am I? I'm in the middle of Jollymont Yard. I just found 
a tunnel and a manhole cover in the middle of Jolly Martin Yard, right in front of the trains. And that that's still there today, no doubt. I think they actually found a body uh, dumped dumped in there uh, a few years ago. Bloody hell. So you used to go, uh, go exploring a lot, like with the cave clan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of the... Yeah, those... And a lot of, there were a lot of other writers in the Cape Clan too, or associated with them. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, there's lots of good stories. He's going to ask me the right questions, and I can tell you the story. And so I don't know what story you want to hear. Yeah. There's, there's, there's good stories. Um, and, they're, and they're like little adventures. I don't know if you've ever read a book called Getting Up. I think it's a really old graffiti book. Yeah. Do you know Get? Getting up. Yep. Yep. I think there's um. I think Lee, he wrote something in there that says something like graffiti's like um. I, I'm I'm misquoting him, but he he wrote something. It's like being Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn. It's you know it's a it's like an adventure, and that's what it was. It was an adventure. It wasn't just the pieces. It was the whole story and the whole adventure, getting there, doing the piece. Getting away, getting chased by the cops, rah rah rah. You know, I did this um, like a throw up. It says Dunnett King. It's on the Yarra River, and I did that in a kayak, and uh, I, that was a whole adventure in a kayak, rah rah rah. The whole thing was planned, and so it's not just about the piece or the whatever. It's the whole story that's connected with it. So um, so do you have any interest in graffiti? these days or is it just a chapter of your life that's closed uh i'm interested in it yeah do you um yeah, do you look at it online or do you sketch or do you you know you... yeah both yes and yes yeah do you um do you go out for a uh cheeky piece at all uh i'd like to i don't but i'd like to yeah i've got some i've got some ideas that i think are pretty good i'd like to put them out there and don't really have the opportunity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're saying that there was uh, that you've lost all your photos. Like, is there anywhere online that people could um, can view your pieces? Well, um, I guess you just, you just type in my name into the Google and Google image stuff. But no, most of it's not. Most of it's gone. I did a top-to-bottom whole car that I really want a photo of. I just can't get a photo of it, and um, I'd really like to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some, yeah, I think recently some stuff was put on Instagram by someone. I think there's a, I think just last week someone put a photo of me painting that Pinocchio piece online. Okay. Photo of me at a... I don't know who the guy is. He's got lots of graffiti photos. He's just put up his name Digga D. Instagram. Yeah. And you don't have your own Instagram or anything like that? No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not computer savvy. <laughs> From the Stone Age, you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's been uh, it's been great to uh, find out a bit more about you. No worries. Have a good one. Enjoy Bali. Will do. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you'll find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.